Welcome to Technovation, I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Jeff Sippel. Jeff's the Chief Information Officer of Northwestern Mutual, a financial planning, life insurance, and investment services company that earns in excess of $36 billion in annual revenue. Jeff's been in role for a little less than one and a half years and been with the company for roughly four. He came into his role as Chief Information Officer with a background in client experience. And I look forward to hearing what he draws from that role into his current experience as a Chief Information Officer. I look forward to hearing more about his journey from an innovation perspective, covering topics such as artificial intelligence, among others we might we might cover together. Uh, Jeff Sippel, welcome to Technovation. Great to speak with you again today. Yeah, thanks, Peter. I'm excited to be on the show today and talk through um, some of the great topics we have in store. Oh, it's a great pleasure. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Well, why don't we begin with uh, your company, Northwestern Mutual? I think for most people who would be uh, listening to this or watching this, they would they would know the company. But maybe you can uh, peel back the onion a little bit further to describe the business uh, in your own words. Yeah. Uh, so Northwestern Mutual is a 166-year-old uh, insurance company. Uh, but we do much more than just insurance. I think one of the one of the things that uh, we do is we have financial advisors, over 8,500 of them across the uh, country, who really do full service financial advising, starting with financial planning uh, to deliver a number of solutions, whether it's insurance, disability, wealth management, or optimizing retirement. They're there for kind of all ages and stages of life. Very, very interesting. And what what a storied history, 166 years uh, old, as you say. Talk a bit about your role as Chief Information Officer. I, I mentioned you're uh, coming up on a year and a half in role. Talk a bit about your purview, if you would. Yep. So um, as, as CIO, uh, my job is to lead all of the technology teams that are really focused on infrastructure, security, uh, the foundational technologies that we have, and our architecture and strategy for technology across um, all of Northwestern Mutual. And, and I, I would love to dig into the strategy component of that for a moment, if we could, Jeff. And one of the things you've mentioned to me in the past, which I really liked, is you think of technology strategy as a peer to the corporate strategy uh, of the organization. I think I'm uh, close to, to quoting you on that. And yeah. maybe you can talk a little, little bit about uh, some of the corporate strategies and technologies uh, underpinnings or support of uh, those corporate plans, uh, if you would. Yeah, so um, it's it's something that I'm I get really excited about just having had strategy roles in the past and kind of leading the the business strategy here and elsewhere. Northwestern Mutual, our corporate strategy is really around uh, providing financial advice to clients starting with financial planning uh, and being able to provide uh, many of the solutions they need to implement those financial plans both now and in the future. And so when we think about our technology strategy, it really needs to be tied to that business strategy. How do we enable uh, a client to really experience a great financial plan um, both when they're talking to their advisor digitally, if they have to call a customer service representative to get something done, we want them to feel like that's all one seamless experience. And that bet on client experience really means that we have a lot of opportunities on inside of technology to build out foundations to make that easy to do. Uh, and I think that's really where the tech strategy started is we said, okay, if we're gonna make a bet in this direction, then how can we use technology to optimize everything and make it make it easy to head down that path? 
when if we break that down a little bit further, what that means to us on the tech strategy is really that seamless client it, that, that starts with trust, right? So we need to really focus on cybersecurity, privacy, make sure that every interaction that we have with a client is really something that leaves them trusting NM even more. Uh, it helps both in their confidence in the company, but also you think about as our advisors, one of the biggest sources of their next set of clients is referrals. So we want them to walk away and say, oh my goodness, this is the best company I've ever worked for, worked with. Our, the next piece of it is we need to make sure that all of the experiences we deliver for a client have their data at accurate, easy to access and at the tip of our fingers. So whether it's, uh, if you imagine I call in to an advisor, I have a question, it can't take them 20 minutes to look through a filing cabinet and find what products I own or what my financial situation, what my last financial plan is. We need to build tools that pull that instantly and seamlessly. And in fact, utilize that to identify what are the next set of recommendations that we can provide that client. So really building out a client centric view of our data is another piece. And then the last piece is really around being nimble. We don't know totally what the future holds and what, um, what is going to drive that best client experience. But what we can do is make our team insanely fast at achieving whatever that next thing is. And, and what does that mean in practice? It means making it really easy for us to implement and deploy new capabilities, new features, um, new solutions, it, get great feedback mechanisms from those solutions, and do it in a way that really uh, provides great guardrails so that it's hard to make mistakes with our technology. So engineers can be confident that they're able to move really, really fast when they're building something new. That's a great uh, articulation of that. And I'd love to, to double click on a couple of the points that you raised there. Yeah. First of all, I, I love that uh, among the enablers, one of the, you know, the first one you referenced is cybersecurity. And I, I, I can imagine though, I wanted to validate that in some ways the by having that as the underpinning to the others, that it's sort of like that's the given before we get into the data, before we think about the uh, the means by which we accelerate, we need to make sure that we have the safeguards in place to ensure that the most sacred information is is uh, is looked after appropriately. Is that a, is that a fair uh, way, way to typify that? Yeah, it is. And, you know, the information security community really talks about security by default or secure by design. Right. And the reason they talk about that is. Um, if we make being secure as the default, our teams who may not be experts, not every, you know, not every UX designer or web engineer is an expert in cybersecurity. But if we make that uh, security by design, they have to actually take actions to do something other than be secure, other than follow our security standards. And so making it a foundational capability allows that all those decisions around security to be taken off their mental load. They don't have to worry. They can focus on what are the business problems I'm trying to solve and be confident that the infrastructure and foundations that we have actually are, are helping them do things in that secure manner. And I really, I love this, uh, um, the client centricity of data that you referenced. Uh, data, of course, is, is so critically important, but how one organizes it and thinks about it and therefore draws inference from it um, is where the magic is uh, in in synthesizing data appropriately. Talk a bit about the way in which you have thought about that connection point between the data that you keep and developing better perspectives um, around client centricity. Yeah, this one's it, you know it, it honestly is a, a 
a very tricky exercise to go through because as a 166-year-old company, you can imagine we have you know, some applications that are relatively new, and we have some applications that are very, very old uh, and have been around for a long time and have been enhanced and built in, in different ways. And we need all of those to kind of work in concert. So what we, what we want to do is make sure that our client data um, that's spread across all these applications is really able to come together in one view uh, and be updated in one place so that imagine um, you're, you have three or four products and you need to update an address. We wanna make sure that that address gets updated correctly in all those places and then um, gets updated in our um, intelligence areas, in, in some of our machine learning models so that we can do, you know, not just make sure it's accurate, but do really cool things like if your address changes, it's told me, or more importantly, told our advise my advisor something really important about me. I've moved. Did I did that mean I got a raise? Did my financial situation change? Uh, am I having you know a family now that I didn't have? These are all opportunities for them to have a conversation and deepen that relationship. So having uh, the data organized and managed in a really cohesive way is super important, not just from a technical standpoint, but it enables all these things that we kind of always wish we could do in financial planning, but we've never had the data in the way that we wanted to make it a reality. And, and I wonder, I mentioned in the introduction that prior to being a chief information officer, you were vice president of, of a customer experience. And I wonder how that experience has shaped your perspectives on this uh, customer centricity that you've just described. Yeah, well, I think it's had a big impact because um, I've, I've thought deeply about what, what do the clients really need? And I've talked to clients, we've done a lot of research while I've been at NM to understand how we connect. And this is really, maybe this is really why I think connecting the business strategy, the technology strategy is so important is business strategy is, is really a bet on client experience and understanding what they need. Clients want to, we have uh, a, a saying here, clients just want to understand they're going to be okay in financial, uh, in, the, in their financial world. It's why our mission is we want to free Americans from financial anxiety. They want to know, you know, if I do this, 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 am I going to be okay? If something bad happens, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay in retirement? And um, that insight into the client's psyche helps us understand that, gosh, having that holistic view of them in our data helps us make better decisions. Very, very interesting. I wanted to also uh, uh, ask you to articulate a, a bit more about this simplify uh, simplification to accelerate this nimble orientation that you've developed uh, for your, your, your part of the organization. As you noted, with a uh, as a 166-year-old company, as you put it, you have some applications that are relatively new, others that are very old. And so that process of simplification must come with it modernization as well, I would imagine, and sort of thinking about what's the technology of the future, where possible, where do we get to sort of single instances of technology that serve uh, the majority of our needs, that sort of thing. Can you talk a bit more about some of the levers you're pulling in order to achieve that nimbleness that you described? You know, this is something that I'm really excited about. <laughs> and, you know, we look at it 
in a couple different lenses. One is just continuous improvement. There's a lot of friction when you have thousands of applications that were all built at different times with different assumptions, maybe different technology stacks. Um, we want to continuously take steps forward. And this is something that um, you know, we've, we've been, I think, particularly good at uh, over the past couple of years. And we've, we've, we've really kind of continued that work. Um, at the same time, we want to start building platforms and integrated tech stacks that are almost um, a smaller set of places where we've done a lot of the heavy lifting for our engineering teams. So think of, you know, we've already built our CI CD pipelines with a bunch of automation that does that security by default, picks automated, picks frameworks for you. Again, when I think about this, I think I want my application developers, my product managers, my designers to be focused on the business problems. What do our clients need? Not the technical problems. We can take advantage of all, we can take that load, mental load off of them ahead of time by building great platforms that do all that work for you. One of the things I tell my team is if, you know, every engineer probably has, they probably can make 10 decisions a day. We as an organization can choose our nine of those decisions, technical choices they need to make, or nine of those decisions, business choices and business features they can implement. And I, I have a strong preference. I'd want them to be working on the business features. That's how we accelerate. And that's how we build more productivity into our teams. An organization that has um, uh, achieved such a lasting um, influence in the business community and, and such a storied uh, uh, tenure, as, as mentioned, more than a century and a half in business. I know that many different uh, periodicals and books have, have written about the culture, the unique culture of Northwestern Mutual. And I wonder if you could talk a bit about that generally, but also the impact more specifically on the um, IT organization. Um, how would you typify the the culture of, of of your organization? Yeah, this was probably one of the most interesting things when I joined four years ago was just learning about the culture of Northwestern Mutual um, because of this relationship where we are, you know, 166 year old company. We have a set of financial advisors who are um, not employees. They're independent contractors that work with us. Um, and are dedicated to Northwestern Mutual, but but they're not employees. So there's lot there there's give and take that maybe doesn't exist in almost any other setting than uh, financial services. And I think that's driven a culture that really leans on relationships, really leans on doing the right thing for our clients. One of the great things about being a mutual company, this is something that I haven't had a chance to talk about, is we don't have shareholders or we do have shareholders, I should say there are policyholders. So one of the great things, we have no debate on who the value of the company goes to. Every time we have a debate, it's how do we get more value to our policyholders? And that could be building better features or better capabilities. It could be giving a dividend back to them, which you see every year, you know, once a year we do a big announcement on our dividends and they're always, you know, record-breaking and, and amazing. Uh, that's just one way we deliver value, but it's so clarifying. And I think what it does is it means that everyone in the company is very mission driven. I know that's why I joined is I had a passion for uh, helping people with financial planning, making sure they're financially secure. And this is a place I've been able to do it um, 
uh, you know, pretty much constantly for, for four years. But what we see even in our IT teams as we're identifying talent, I don't know about you, Peter, but uh, everyone, every engineer, many engineers that I know here at some point have built some sort of budgeting tool, whether it's a spreadsheet or they've, you know, used that budgeting tool as their way to learn Node or something like that. They, they, they've built this tool. And those are the people that have done that and passionate about that are generally great candidates to work at Northwestern Mutual. And I think we see that culture here where even an engineer who's in a very specific niche area probably still has a passion for financial planning because of their own experience. And if you're, if you are one of those people, like we find those are the people that really are attracted to Northwestern Mutual and the people that want to stick around because they're surrounded by like minds. Yeah, very interesting. I appreciate you sharing some of those perspectives. As we were talking about uh, data and its sanctity and the approaches you're taking to your own data strategy, um, I couldn't help but think further about artificial intelligence and um, generative AI topics that are on the rise that are in many ways helping um, synthesize that data more rapidly, such that uh, you know organizations can make better decisions more more readily as well. Um, how have you incorporated um, AI generally and generative AI more specifically into the work that you and your team are doing? Yeah, it's a great question. And we are just really excited and optimistic about the role of AI at Northwestern Mutual. Um, at the moment, we are, there, there's a couple tracks that we're taking. First, we've been using uh, AI and machine learning um, for quite a long time in uh, our underwriting and our decisioning around our core products. Those are things that are very natural to use. Um, there's, uh, we've been drawing on that for, for quite a while and we've seen great success in building better decisioning engines for our core products. I think what generative AI and large language models have done is allow us to kind of expand the scope of where machine learning and where these kind of automated decisioning can be used. And the way that I like to think about it is, um, it really is a productivity or automation enhancement. We think of um, any, all, all of the folks that are on our teams, um, I like, the, like to think about what if they had infinite amount of time or infinite amount of resources. You think about AI, that's really what it's giving you. If you're an engineer, you don't have to spend all the time researching a particular topic. AI can do that research for you, package it up and give you the information you need in bite-sized chunks to move faster when you're coding some sort of solution. Um, if you're a... Um, if you're working in other areas, customer support, for example, it might give you the answer to a question you're hearing on the phone at your fingertips, even though you might not be the subject matter expert there. And so you just saved yourself 10 minutes of searching or maybe a call transfer uh, that that doesn't have to happen. The client is more uh, is, is happier. They're more satisfied. Uh, you have more skill at your job. Uh, and so you are able to do more. And I think that's really what we're excited about now. We have a long way to go to, to realize that. I feel like we're, we're really excited. We are just at the maybe tip of the iceberg or if we're you know, talking about kind of the crossing the chasm perspective, we've, we've, we've gone through the hype cycle and now everyone in the, tech, in the IT industry is building out the actual robust solutions that someone like Northwestern Mutual can plug in. And that those, those solutions are much more complicated than 
um, you know, maybe they look at first flush. So we're really observing what's going to be built, how we're going to be able to partner with various folks to really make uh, AI a reality broader than kind of some of the places we've already put in place. Yeah, very interesting. I look forward to uh, continuing to see the, the progress that you and the team make uh, in, in that way. Are there other trends as you look to the future? We've talked about a number of them and, and how, how you and the team are leveraging them, but are there any other trends that, that particularly excite you as you look to the future that are making their way onto your roadmap? Yeah, we talked a little bit about cybersecurity and that's a great foundation, but I think for anyone in financial services, the, the threats out there are getting, uh, are getting bigger and more challenging every single day. So that's a trend that we are gonna have to um, meet and continue to uh, deliver against for now and the foreseeable future. Uh, and so I think that's gonna be a challenge. There's a ton of tooling and capabilities that are being brought to bear. We were talking about AI. I think on both sides of cybersecurity, both the threats and the defense, you're going to see a ton of innovation around AI and utilizing AI. And we're going to have to keep up with that. I think in the environment we're at, rising interest rates, um, you know, challenges on budgets, I think we look at vendor cost management and making sure we're really getting our bang for our buck as an important part of everything we do and really thinking um, deeply about what solutions are driving value, what, what's driving towards our tech strategy, and what maybe isn't, and how do we optimize that? So that's something that I, um, I don't know if I'd say I'm excited about, but I think it's something you have to be great at as a CIO and as an uh, IT team, uh, you know, both now and, and in the future. Um, and then we already talked about AI. I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that I think will be interesting and that I'm intrigued to see is how the overall regulatory environment reacts to AI. In the financial services industry, as you can imagine, we have, this is a place where we actually have a little bit of a leg up because we've had regulatory frameworks around automated decision-making, whether it's in banking with um, anti-redlining laws and things like that around lending, insurance, we have uh, uh, explainability of models. We've had that for some amount of time. So rather than us kind of start from scratch, we've already have some frameworks that we know that are in place. And I'm, in, I'm, I'm intrigued to see as regulators and as governmental bodies and standards making bodies start thinking about AI more deeply, where those things go. And there's just a whole host of you know, questions that are coming up literally every day uh, that are, I think, come out of those uh, those areas, and I think we'll be able to react to them quickly. But it's just it's it's such a dynamic environment that it's it's really it's it's really cool to see. Yeah, very interesting. I, I appreciate you sharing each of those uh, each of those trends. Um, I also wanted to ask you, Jeff, uh, as you reflect on your rise through your career, what have been some of the difference makers along the way that have helped propel you to the heights you've reached uh, now as a chief information officer of such a consequential organization as Northwestern Mutual? Um, what, what have been the secrets to your success? I think the, the big thing for me has really been um, always being at the intersection of business problems and technology problems. So one of the things that I've, I seem to be good at is when I'm on the technology side, translating um, 
business problems from my business problems into technology solutions that the technology team can understand. And when I'm on the business, I've been on the business side, it's really understanding the potential of technology and translating that into opportunities of the business. So being able to be that like translator between what are sometimes like two completely separate worlds, I think has really uh, helped me along the way because it, it has made, uh, I, number one, I have a ton of empathy for both sides of that, but I think it's also relatively rare to be able to jump back and forth, or at least I'm told it's rare. Uh, and I think it's, uh, I think it's something that's, you know, that I get a lot of passion out of. Uh, and I think it's really helped me to get to where I am. Does, does some of that come naturally as somebody who has a background in engineering, but also an MBA from, uh, from Kellogg, you've, you've obviously had training and experience for that matter. Um, that that is on both sides of the chasm. Has that helped you forge the bridge that you're describing between the two? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think I think having a passion on both sides was what drove me into you know doing both an engineering degree and an MBA. It's all it, I, I think being curious, maybe at the heart of it, in really any domain, is the most important part because it leads you in directions maybe you didn't quite expect. And as long as you're open to that exploration and excited about the exploration, um, I think you help build better solutions. And ultimately, I think that's really what I get excited about is seeing these solutions come to life. And they are a combination of a business problem and probably a technology solution. And it's just the coolest thing to see when you make it happen. That's really great. Well, Jeff Sippel, thank you so much for making time for, for me today. Um, thanks for the great insights you shared about the way in which your your organization is forging some really remarkable experiences for customers, the ways in which you're leveraging data creatively, the cybersecurity uh, posture that you put in place to ensure that uh, the most most important assets are safeguarded appropriately, the way that you're simplifying the organization to enable nimbleness uh, among the various things we, we discussed today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thanks, Peter.